The sounds of classical Chinese music have roots that stretch back many thousands of years. In each episode of Chords of China, we profile a classical Chinese instrument. You'll hear from the musicians who've mastered them and the artists who've been inspired by them. And we'll cross the borders of nations and cultures to hear from composers bridging the gap between Eastern and Western musical traditions. Just search for Chords of China on Apple Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Chords of China. I am Jade. In this episode, I'll introduce you another Chinese musical instrument. Don't take it wrong. I'm not talking about the piano you're hearing, but the Chinese counterpart of piano. It's called Yang Qin. Yang Qin is a Chinese plucked string instrument with 144 strings stretched over a trapezoidal soundboard, which has over 400 years of history, tracing back to the Ming Dynasty. Some people say Yang Qin is the ancestor of the piano due to their similarity in sound production. To produce sounds, pianists must press down at least one key, which triggers the hammer to strike a specific string. When the hammer rebounds, the strings continue to vibrate. This process is very similar to the way in which the yangqing produces sounds. Others say yangqing is closely related to piano because of a picture from the Bible, in which an instrument alike to the yangqing hung against the wall and was struck by a musician with two hammers. Additionally, both of them can harmonize and be included in an ensemble with other instruments, and can also suffice in solo music. Shi Yue, a Yangqing professor from the Capital Normal University, explains. The piano has been credited as the king of musical instruments due to its wide variety and the capacity to perform with any musical instrument. The yangqing is able to support almost all Chinese traditional instruments as well. In addition, the combination of the yangqing and the piano in a duet produces an exceptional melody to listeners due to the features, texture, and timbre of the songs of both instruments. The yangqing plays a significant role in an ensemble because of the features of the sounds and its potential of being the lead instrument when necessary. This explains why the yangqing is often placed in the central stage. When a yangqing musician lifts one hand to strike its strings, the rest of the musicians use this cue to start or finish playing according to how and when this lead is executed. There is a well-known joke spread among yangqing professionals that they will immediately become the conductor in an ensemble when they remove one hammer and perform. This joke arises from the notion that yangqing instrumentalists indeed become the conductor if there is no such professional present. At the beginning of a song, especially the first note, 
young team musicians give the signal for the corresponding members of the ensemble to start playing, and the indication for all the musicians to stop in the end. The yangqing is considered an all-round instrument since it is able to produce various sounds that other instruments cannot or simply don't execute well. Its incredible expressiveness allows the instrument to vividly convey many scenes and emotions, like a crisp bird song, rapid hoofbeats, the flow of a mountain stream. And the melodic motion of ocean waves. The instrument also expresses the emotion of fear and the howling of wind at night. This instrument has developed over a multitude of centuries. From its Chinese name, you may get to know its past. The name of Yangqing, consisting of two Chinese characters, provides evidence that it was not originated in China, since it contradicts the role of Chinese indigenous instruments being named with one character. The Yang in the earlier version was written with a character referring to exotic. It is well documented in a first ever domestic Yangqing academic textbook in 1921 that the first character of Yangqing has been changed to another Chinese character meaning acclaimed. This evolution marks that the Yangqing eventually became indigenized in the country. Historians have a couple of versions about how the Yangqing was introduced to China. Shi Yue elaborates these explanations. The Yangqing originated in Persia in the 12th century, and later became popular in Eastern Europe. It was introduced into China during the Wanli period of the Ming Dynasty. Back then, a number of cultural exchange activities had been carried out between China and Western countries. As a result, the Yangqing was brought to China through waterway to boost the variety in musical instruments. Till today, the shape of Yangqing remained trapezoidal. It resembles a flying butterfly to audiences, especially when instrumentalists strike it with two waving hammers. That's also why Yangqing is nicknamed the butterfly zither in China.
Over the centuries, the instrument has undergone many changes. To make the timber of the instrument softer, Chinese musicians have adopted bamboo-made hammers to replace the original material wood. Nonetheless, hammers in China are also made by various types of bamboo, and its quality also determines the pitch of the sound. Shi Yue demonstrates different pairs of hammers result in diverse effects, saying that Yangqing musicians have to pick the appropriate hammers to match the musical pieces. Sometimes they need to use different hammers for a musical piece. This pair of hammers is made by hard bamboo, so the sounds produced by them are brighter and stronger. Very close to the sounds made by wood hammers in Europe. This pair of hammers is made by softer bamboo compared with the previous ones, so the sound is more mellow and pleasant. This pair is the softest among these three, and the difference is noticeable. The tone becomes deeper and lower. We can also get vibrating sounds from the Yangqing by using the ones made by bamboo with the best flexibility. Hammers made by hard bamboo cannot make vibrating sounds since they cannot easily be bent. To further make the sound soft. The head of Yangqing hammers are covered with soft and thin rubber. In addition, there are several small holes engraved at the head of the Yangqing hammers to make strike easier and comfortable for instrumentalists. Having been passed down through generations over the past 400 years, the Yangqing has been widely used in many folk operas and vocal arts. The musical pieces by Yangqing are classified into four major styles based on where these pieces are originated, including Sichuan style, Guangdong style, Southern style, and Northeast style. Each has their own representative music pieces and artists. With a history of over one thousand years. The music piece of the general's command was played to entertain the royal family in the Tang Dynasty. The music described the stateliness and solemnity of the army in ancient times, and the furious battle scene. Nowadays, it is often used in the opening of Chinese opera. In addition, it is often heard in some traditional festivals, as it may also create the festive atmosphere. The Guangdong-style Yangqing is a common folk art in Southeast China's Guangdong, Guangxi, Hong Kong, and Macau. It's developed from the Cantonese opera. One of the major categories of Chinese opera, involving music, singing, martial arts, acrobatics, and acting, 
It is famous for the bright, lively melody that perfectly matches the rhythm of Cantonese dialect. Here is a traditional Guangdong musical piece of Yang Qin entitled "Thunder in a Drought" or "Han Tian Lei." The thunder in a drought vividly shows the days that had not been rainy for a long time. People were suffering from extreme weather with scorching heat and were eagerly waiting for the rain. Suddenly, several claps of thunder crashed in the sky, which was bringing heavy rain. South style of Yangqing is popular in Jiangsu and Zhejiang provinces of China. This style of music utilizes plucked string and wind instruments in the ensemble. The Yangqing makes the concord more elegant and graceful. Let's find it out. Northeast style of Yangqing is known for its wild and powerful expressiveness. Here's a representative piece: the Shepherd Su Wu. The story is about Su Wu, who was a cultural ambassador in the Han Dynasty and was assigned to visit Xiongnu, home to the nomadic people of ancient Central Asia. Unfortunately, Su Wu was detained in this foreign country for 19 years and could not manage to return to his hometown. The song described Su Wu's yearning to go back home, his solitude and sorrow when he had no companion and had to shepherd in a deserted area.
When it comes to the hammered dulcimer family, the Yangqing has many relatives across the world. They are still closely connected in blood and flesh. They can be found in Eastern Europe, India, Iran, Pakistan, Japan, and Thailand. The relation between each family member forms a network in the similitude of a family tree. They have numerous similarities, but meanwhile they are indigenized respectively when meeting different cultures and musical styles. The hammered dulcimer family mainly includes three members: the European dulcimer, the santur from Asia, and the Chinese yangqin. The European dulcimer shares a similar appearance, size, and sound effects with the yangqin. They are able to be played in solo and within an ensemble. After the hammered dulcimer instruments were brought to Asia from Persia, they developed into santur in Southeast Asia and West Asia. The santur is smaller than the yangqing, and its musical range is narrower as well. Other hammered dulcimer instruments derived from Chinese yangqing have become popular in many Asian countries, including the yangqing in Japan. The yuqin in Mongolia, the yangun in North Korea, and the kim in Thailand. The names of these instruments are all translated based on the pronunciation of Chinese yangqin. It is said that the dulcimer is the ancestor of the piano. It produces various sounds that other instruments cannot or simply don't execute well. Originating from Persia, the dulcimer has experienced significant development in China over the past four centuries since its introduction to the country. The hammered dulcimer is called Yangqing in Chinese, with the Yangqing princess Shi Yue, who is considered to be one of the most talented instrumentalists in the genre. Let's explore the beauty and enchantment of this exceptional instrument here on Calls of China. Yangqing has much more strings than other Chinese plucked instruments. Therefore, people usually ask whether it's hard to learn. Many people have a misunderstanding that Yangqing is very difficult to learn because it has 144 strings and complex structure. However, in fact, it is one of the easiest Chinese instruments to study at the entry stage. Because strings are all fixed on the bridges, all you need to do is remember the location of each note and use hammers to strike the specific strings. It is very easy to play songs on the yangqing. Robert Tollish. Better known as Lao Luo, is a German composer and producer of new Chinese music. Recently, he has composed a solo for the Yangqing called "The Woods of Lovesick" or "Xiang Si Lin" in Chinese, and he explains why he specifically wrote a solo piece for this instrument. The idea was to write a really nice Yangqing solo piece where the Yangqing really takes the leading role, and then I was thinking which instrument should go with it. 
And I choose the cello and the shang because I think they both, from the sound, they merge very nicely with the yangqin and they really can accompany the yangqin in a very nice way. So I still think this is a very nice sound combination. The, the cello can give a really good bass for deep frequencies with the yangqin and the sheng can play harmonies, also rhythmical patterns. And then you can change the roles also from time to time. It's a feature for the young team. Cheng Zhijun is a senior college student from Capital Normal University with her academic focus in the young team. She loves young team and believes the future of young team is promising. Compared to other traditional Chinese musical instruments such as the pipa, the guzheng, and the arhu, I believe young team has a lot of potential to be liked by people. And that's all for this episode of Chords of China. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating and leave your review. The more stars you give us, the easier it'll be for other people to find this series. And I hope you'll join me again for another episode of Chords of China.
This has been a China Plus production. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free. If you have any comments about the episodes, just send us an email: podcast at cri.com.cn. Podcast at cri.com.cn. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at China Plus News. China China Plus.